Welcome back to Inside the Oval presented by Dignity Health. I'm Patty Kwan. And I'm Haley Jones. And in this episode, we are joined by 49ers Associate Counsel Grecia Barbosa. Grecia, thank you so much for joining the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I am really excited to talk to you two today. To start off, what are your main responsibilities or what does it mean to be Associate Counsel for the 49ers? So I work primarily on team-related legal matters as opposed to stadium-related matters, which um, there's another associate council that focuses on that. Um, And I know team-related matters sounds a little broad, but it's really anything and everything that's even remotely legal and happens to involve the team. So often this includes reviewing and drafting agreements for different departments like sponsorship agreements for our corporate partnerships team or agreements from our football ops team related to like the team's away games or hotel agreements, um, really like software, license, consulting, employee matters, literally any sort of legal document that you can imagine. I'm the one who's working on it. Um, So that also includes like drafting rules for sweepstakes, um, which I worked on a couple for Patty, and then team litigation matters, and then also more general things like researching new laws, um, and then also like ensuring that what we're doing at the organization is in compliance with league rules, and then also ensuring that we're in compliance with state and federal law. Um, so it's it's really broad, and it's funny because when you think, like, people think that what I do is, like, sports law, which I feel like really doesn't exist. Like, sports law is a combination of every other kind of law just sort of bunched into one and then ap- applying it to sports. I think for, like, Patty, I, I feel like a lot of people learn that you're in social, like sports social, which is just social media covering sports, similar to legal covering sports. For you, is sports legal or legal covering sports? Is there a prestige there? Um, I, I think so. I mean, so it's definitely a, like people think of it as sort of like a very hard area to get into. And I think it's similar to like, like entertainment law and sports law are thought of like, at least in my mind, are thought of like as the mecca of law, um, depending on like what you're into. But I think I know a lot of people who think about it that way. It's like very, people think that it's like a very particular type of law that you learn, um, you know, that you have to learn before you start. But I, I realize that it's really something that you learn on the job. Do you think people have to like sports to go into law for sports? Because like you, like you were mentioning earlier about your responsibilities, like a lot of it is while it's team related, it's, you know, it's a lot of contracts and rules and Mm -hmm. and paperwork and stuff. Like, do you think there needs to be some kind of level of passion for sports in general? I think it definitely helps. I mean, I, like, I don't think it's necessary. Like what is the most important, I think, is being a good lawyer and knowing 
you know, knowing how to work with legal documents is super important. I think that's definitely more important than being into sports. But I think that being into sports, at least for me, is really like day to day. It makes things way more fun, way more exciting. And just like even, you know, outside of the legal aspect, just like being part of the organization and being able to go to games, like going to training camp, like that for me is so much fun. And if you, I mean, if you're not a sports fan, then you might not appreciate that as much. When you were in college, what did you think you wanted to be? Did you always want to be a lawyer? So no. (laughs) So I went to college um, basically not really, not really knowing. So my parents, um, they are immigrants from Mexico. And I feel like for them, like they were really like, you need to be a doctor because in Mexico, like being a doctor is one of the most like prestigious, like successful careers you can pursue. And so I was like, okay, why not? Like I was really good at math um, and I was like decent at science, but I was like a math person. So I was like, okay, basically all you need in college is like math and science to like eventually become a doctor. And so I started freshman year at Columbia, like thinking I was going to major in pre-med or whatever. I don't even remember the exact major, but it was like pre-med. So I like took a year, I think a year and a half worth of pre-med type of classes. And I was like, this is just like super hard. And I think it was hard because I wasn't really that interested in it. Like, I don't know, like chemistry was cool in high school, but like once you get really into the nitty gritty, it's not as fun. Like, and I was just like, I'm not passionate about this. Like I need to consider something else. And so my, um, one of the counselors was like, oh, the um, Brooklyn district attorney in like Kings County always takes on a lot of interns. So if you're, you know, not sure what you want to do, you should try like, you know, the legal aspect. And I was like, sure, why not? I didn't have anything else planned for that summer. So I decided to intern there. And I was, I think at that point, I was like, okay, I'm kind of into the law. Like, it's interesting, but I don't want to be a prosecutor. Um, And so the next summer, I had an internship with Atlantic Records, um, which is part of Warner Music Group. And that was a lot of fun. I think it was... It wasn't exactly similar to what I'm doing now, but I think it was similar in the sense that it was more of an entertainment type of law and really focusing on, you know, doing things for fans and for consumers. Um, So that really piqued my interest in the legal field. Um, And I knew at that point that I wanted to go to law school. And so... Um, when I, I think when I went into law school, (laughs) I know this is a really long drawn answer, but when I went to law school, I, I was like, okay, I know that I eventually want to get back into like either entertainment or something else that I'm really, that I'm really into, you know, something that interests me and isn't just like kind of a legal job. So I, was considering my options and in law school, like there's really only two options. So when you're a student, you can either go to a law firm for a summer 
or try to find a job. It's called in-house. So that would be like at a company like the 49ers or something like that. But I think what was difficult about that was that these these types of jobs, especially like for me who had zero sports experience are really competitive. And like, there are people who, you know, go to law school immediately knowing that they want to eventually be in sports, um, which I, I'm, you know, that wasn't me. I was like, I like sports, but I didn't know that that's what I wanted to do. Um, so I think the fact that something like this was super competitive and I was, I was like broke, you know, I needed money. <laughs> so um, I decided to go to a law firm for two summers, actually. And ultimately, I think it ended up being a really good, a really good decision because, you know, everyone told me, like, it's really the law firm experience that teaches you how to be a good lawyer. And you learn a lot of skills that you don't otherwise you know, you don't otherwise learn if you just right off the bat go into working at like a sp- small organization with like two to three attorneys. Um, anyway, so I eventually ended up working at a couple of law firms after law school, and it was a lot. Like, I'm not sure how much you guys know about law firm life, but it's it like it feels like suits, but like it looks like suits, you know, the TV show, but it that was going to be one of my questions later, but keep going. <laughs> so it feels like, like it looks, everything looks like suits. Like I was in New York and everyone, like literally everyone was like super formal, like everyone was wearing a suit and, but like it's long hours, like long weekends. Like you can get an email like 3 p.m. on a Saturday and you're expected to respond that same day, like regardless of what you're doing, which was just like very intense. Um, But I think, you know, and that's, that's really something that I didn't enjoy. And I, I mean, I didn't, the work was interesting, but I felt like, you know, the hours were just like insane. But I feel like at the very least, I was learning a ton and I was learning a lot of skills, like learning, you know, how to how to really balance a lot of a lot of work at once. So if I'm like there's like three urgent matters and I was I was able to figure out like what to prioritize and like learn legal skills, like writing and research. And it was great, I think, for me to just like become a better attorney. Um, but it wasn't sustainable. I mean, some people love it and I'm like, okay, good for you. <laughs> You had a law firm for your entire life. Like, I'm glad that people love it. Um, but I was like, this is not for me. Um, so if essentially, like how I got into sports um, was that I was, you know, kind of over the law firm life. And I started to look for jobs in a company. And being here in the Bay Area, like most of the companies are tech companies. So there were like a plethora of tech company jobs. And I I got pretty far um, to the point where I got an offer from one. And I was like, okay, the the people were great. Like I love the team and the hours 
like the hours would have been significantly better than a law firm. So I was like, okay, check, check. And the pay was great. Um, So I was like, okay, I was really considering taking the job. But I think ultimately I was like, this isn't something that I feel like passionate about. Like, it's not something that I find interesting or fun. You know, it's just sort of like a software company. Um, So I think just something didn't feel right about taking a job that I didn't feel passionate or excited about. Um, And it's funny because that same, like that same day when I was considering whether or not to take the job, I got an email from, 49ers HR being like, hey, like, can we do a screener call? And I was like, okay, this is a sign that I like, shouldn't take the job. Like when I got that email from HR, I was like, super excited. I was like, oh my God, this is exactly the type of job that I want. And I think that like, seeing that feeling in comparison to the tech company job, I was like, this is it. Like, this is what I want. This is how excited I should be about my potential next job. I was telling Haley before this podcast, like it wouldn't be an inside the oval if I didn't bring up some kind of pop culture reference. So I'm glad you brought up suits. And another thing that immediately came to my head was like legally blonde. Yeah. I think like not similarly, but like you were just like, I didn't really want to become a lawyer versus like Elle Woods like knew she wanted to become a lawyer. Right. But the fact that you were like, I'm just going to go to law school, like shocks me, you know, like the thought of going to school past like undergrad is just (laughs) I could never so props to you for for making it through law school um kind of a curveball here can you take us through like studying for the bar exam yeah so I actually had to take two bar exams um so I see Patty's face it literally (laughs) just went into a look of like utter shock (laughs) I know I know um so it was, I think just like, I don't know, it, it was sort of, the first time I did it was the New York bar. And that was immediately after law school. And I think those like couple of months, because you graduate law school in like May, whatever, end of May, I think it was like May 27th or something. And then you have two, wait, so May, June, you have two months of like intensive studying time until the bar exam, like on July 28th or whatever it was on that year. And those two months are, I was like super stressed. Like I, some people get less stressed, but like I felt a lot of pressure, I think to pass only because I don't know, like I, I think I just put a lot of pressure on myself. So I was very worried about not passing. And the thing is that um, the pass rate in New York is a lot higher than it is in California. So I like that, uh, like made me feel a little bit better. But also coming from Harvard Law, I was like, okay, it's going to be so embarrassing if like, I'm the one person that doesn't pass. And like, um, but it was fine. I mean, it was just like two months of really intense studying. And like, it was literally like not even a nine to five job. It was like a nine to like 10 PM. And the way that <clears throat> the way that like bar prep courses work is that <clears throat> they give you like a certain amount of work to do per day. So there's like a set studying routine that's made for you. And um, 
most people or a lot of people use one of these bar prep courses to to make sure that you know they're setting the right materials at the right time but it is like it like you learn half of the things in law school and the other half you don't learn until you're studying for the bar exam which is just like honestly kind of dumb like <laughs> there are better ways to prove that I could be a lawyer um but ultimately it was so intense and thankfully I passed um which was exciting but then like when I came to this organization, I had to take the bar exam again. And that's because here, you know, obviously the 49ers organization is in California. So a lot of the law that's applicable to us is California law. Um, and essentially like when you, there, there are a lot of rules, but for me, since I hadn't been a lawyer for very long, I think like when I started, I had been a lawyer for like a little under four years. Um, but because of that reason, I had to retake the bar. But there are, you know, there are other ways. Like, I think if you've had at least like five years of practice, you only have to take half of the bar. It's whatever. It's weird. But I had it retake the entire bar. Um, and I feel like this time... I was more relaxed about it. I was like, okay, I've done it once. I really trust that I can do it again. But at the same time, like just having to retake the exam was not fun. But I felt less stressed about it, which was good. How long does a bar exam take? So it is two full days of... So in New York, it was two full days of like being in a conference room with like not a conference room, like a, I don't know, where was it? It was like a, like a huge room, basically like a assembly hall or something. And there's like a ton of people. It's two full days and you're just like sitting at the desk for two days. Um, but then when I retook it actually was where, when I took the California bar, it was during COVID. So it was an at home exam and it was, I mean, it was like kind of funny because there were a lot of rules like you had because, you know, they wanted to prevent cheating. So you had to have your camera on the whole time. Like if your eyes left the screen, then they would flag you for cheating. They were like crazy rules. <laughs> and then people were like afterwards, I was like on Reddit, just like, you know, seeing how people were thinking about it and people were like there was a dog barking or like my alarm went off and then like their exams were flagged for like cheating it was ridiculous um but I think now they're back to they're back to in person but there was a little while when they were administrating the bar um remotely which was interesting I mean, if nothing else, you can say you're one of the select few who got to experience that joy. Definitely. It was, I think that added, that added to the stress of the day, just like making sure, because there were like three pages of rules of like what, what could be in the room, what couldn't be in the room. Like you're the, like behind you had to be completely blank. Like there were really no exceptions. It was like, okay, what if I have like something hanging from my wall is that okay and like there were there was no response like we we just had to like you know guess based on their three pages of like very intense rules 
Okay, three pages of rules makes me think of something that we all have to deal with every single day. As a lawyer, do you, like every time you sign up for something and it has a contract, do you read the whole contract before you sign it? Um, it really depends. So, I mean, you know how there are, like, you know, when there's, like, an Apple iPhone upgrade, like, and there's, like, those terms and conditions Usually not. I'm like, okay, those are like super long. I'm not able to edit it. Like if I don't agree, then I can't use the phone. So <laughs> with things like that, no. But if it's something like, for example, I think like my lease agreement or something like that's something that where I have the ability to actually make edits or, you know, change something or talk to someone about it. Yes. Um, and I think that that's maybe the one like practical thing that has helped me about being a lawyer day to day. Um, and it's like, if my parents have like, you know, they receive some sort of legal document, they're like, we have no idea what this means. Like, can you read it for us and tell us? Um, that has also helped help me a lot. Or people just like reach out to me to be like, hey, do you mind like just taking a quick look at this to make sure it looks okay or normal? And I, I, I like doing that for people, especially, you know, my family, since I'm one of, I think, one of the only lawyers that really in my family. So it's, it helps me, I think, I like help, helping them helps me feel better about, you know, choosing, having chosen my career as a lawyer. So spoiler alert, but you got the 49ers job. Yes. What you got here? What was your first project or case? Let me think. So I think one of the first, so I started um, September of last year. So this is, I've now been, I think, with the team for a little over a year. Um, and so I was here just before our first home game last year. So I I missed the preseason, but I was here right when like the home games were starting. And my first, one of my first um, projects was working on, it was like a halftime show agreement. So I think last year we had, it was a great halftime show. It was like opening game halftime show with Pilo and um, 24K Golden. And it was like, I think just, you know, the, the agreements are pretty standard. Like they're not usually for halftime agreements. We, it's, it's the same for whoever's coming just because there's certain rules that need to be followed for, you know, the stadium and for like NFL compliance. Um, but it was really cool. I think just having one of my first projects be, something that related to the games. And I think that's what made it super exciting for me. Um, and honestly, like, I know I had, like, I had all of, all of this legal experience, but I had never, obviously never worked in sports. So everything was very new. And I was like, okay, like, I was unsure of myself, I think, because everything was so new. I was like, oh, I don't like, I don't know if I can do this. Like, I've never worked on a halftime agreement before, um, but I think having the legal tools that I had helped me, you know, be able to do it. Um, and obviously, Jihad is like, he's been great 
guidance for me and same as Hannah. But I think that having my first couple of projects here be related to the games that were, you know, coming in the next week or so was really fun, but also felt like a little bit of pressure. Yeah, I think something that's interesting is I feel like we've had a lot of people start in the last couple years. I'm curious what your onboarding process was like, because you guys are in such a specialized field where you do have to know the law and contracts and kind of the different legalities for every different department. Um, What was that like kind of coming in and having to meet everyone? I know you said earlier you do lots of contracts with Patty, so... (laughs) Um, so I think when I started, we were, let me try to remember, we were in the office at that point, but I was only coming in like a couple of days and I know a lot of people were still not coming in because of COVID and we were wearing masks every day. So I felt like I was really just kind of like in my office. So I wasn't really interacting with people. Um, so like day to day, I was really just, you know, in touch with the legal team to make sure that I was doing what I needed to do. But as far as onboarding, um, it was a lot. (laughs) So it was like, I mean, there were, I think the thing that really just like, I wasn't really expecting or I I wasn't used to was having like a set of regulations and rules from the NFL that we had to follow. Um, especially for our sponsorship deals. Um, So I feel like that was pretty new to me. But like, I think Jihad and also the rest of the legal team did a really good job at like introducing me to, okay, this is what's important. This is what you need to know, like right off the bat. And from there, it was sort of like, okay, I learned what I need to learn for like the first couple of months. And then I continue to like, learn new things for, you know, the future. Um, But it was really just like, this is, this is how we, you know, do our contracts, like, here's where we save them. This is the process we follow. So we have, which I'm sure both of you have used, um, Ask Legal, which I think is great, because, you know, someone from a different department, if they have a contract or a legal question, they can just send it to ask legal and then it either gets um, assigned to me or to someone else from the team. And then from there, you know, we help whoever needs to be helped. Um, but I think just knowing where where everything was, first of all, on the system, and then second of all, being aware of what rules was important to those initial projects was really important. Um, But then from there, I've done a lot of learning kind of like on my own um, and just like, you know, knowing how different departments work, I think has been something that, you know, you can't can't really be taught. So that's something that I've learned on my own, you know, as as the time has gone on. What would you say is the hardest part about your job? And then following up with that, like, what is the most rewarding part of your job? Hardest part, I would say that there have been times, especially as we're preparing for the season when a lot of like a lot of work is coming in and we're, you know, 
it's not just contracts that need to be drafted for for the season coming up, but also like things were just blowing up, um, especially right, I think it was like July slash August was very busy. Um, and I don't like, I don't really think it was hard exactly, but it at some point really reminded me of like my law firm career. And I knew that like I had the tools to be able to balance all the projects, which was really nice. I was like, okay, I'm glad I worked at a law firm. <laughs> um, but that I think has been, I think just knowing when, like recognizing when our busy time is or our busiest time is, was really helpful to know, at least for myself, um, because that was a more, that's a more difficult period for the legal team. Um, most rewarding, I think it's just like so much fun to work on sweepstakes rules. Like, I'm so weird, but like just seeing like, I don't know, just I remember when I was, I was like, who knows, like 13, 14, like I would literally apply to every single or like enter every single sweepstakes. Like, <laughs> I want to like, who, who even knows, like good Charlotte, like I want to meet good Charlotte or something like that. <laughs> like I was a like entering every single sweepstakes and I never won, which was so disappointing. Um, but like, I think drafting the rules and seeing the prize, like there are some super cool prizes and I'm just like, dang, whoever wins this, I'm like really happy for, because I know that the people who are entering these sweepstakes are like huge fans and like, would be so like, would be so excited to have an opportunity like that, that, you know, they otherwise wouldn't have. That's, I'm really glad to hear you say that because I would have thought sweepstakes rules were like the bane of your existence. And I always feel really bad when I send you rules to look at. Um, so I'm really happy that you genuinely enjoy them, um, which reminds me, I actually will have a set of rules coming to you this week. So just be on the lookout for that. I will be. No, I love them. Like, I just love seeing the prize. I'm like, oh, like, I want two tickets to the game, you know? <laughs> if you could enter a sweepstakes right now to, like, win anything, what would be your, like, dream sweepstakes to enter? I'm trying to think. I feel like at this point, like, in my life, like, I... I've done I've done a lot of things that I've like always wanted to do with like traveling and I think that would probably be like the that'd probably be like the top thing. Um somewhere I've always wanted to go is Japan and I know they have like a lot of strict covid restrictions still. So I think the ideal sweepstakes prize right now would be to go to Japan just because like I can't really do that on my own yet. That makes sense. Looking at, like, I know we talked about earlier that, one, I think legal is kind of competitive. You have the bar and you're competing for spots at law firms, but then add on to that, like, legal in sports. For someone who wants to get into that industry, do you have any advice that you usually share? Um, so it is... I don't know. I mean, I like I remember in law school, there were, you know, there was like a group of students who were like, 
I think there was, I don't even remember what the group was called, but it was some sort of like sports students organization. And they, you know, from the day they started to the day they graduated, they were taking courses that were like very focused on learning the skills that you needed to excel at um, a sports organization. And I think like I've kept up with a couple of them and some of them are still like working at a law firm, but, you know, they're focused on sports at their law firm. So there are some law firms that really work a lot with teams or um, leagues in essentially helping them with either litigation or whatever it may be. Um, so I think that is probably an easy, an easier way to get into sports. But I feel like, I don't know, with being a lawyer in a sports organization, it really just like, it's, it's luck. And you just have to like, keep looking for a job. I mean, I found this job through LinkedIn. So it was like, I, I didn't have any connections here. I didn't have really, I didn't have like a sports network. Like maybe I knew like one or two people who from like college who were, you know, doing random things at like the MLB or um, I think there's a girl I know at like Tampa Bay Lightning, but it was just like someone who, people who I wouldn't really reach out to because, you know, they weren't in the Bay Area. Um, but I don't know. It's really just like keep looking and don't be afraid to apply to a job, I think, without having sports experience. Um, and I mean, obviously it helps to be a fan of the sport, but I also think that like, that's not always like entirely necessary. How important is representation, not just in sports, but in the legal system? So, so being Latina, I think is super important to me and it's a really important part of my identity. Um, and at a law firm, like it was hard having any sort of representation, like there were a couple of people that I worked with who were either, you know, women, like older kind of senior senior attorneys who were either women or Latino. And they just weren't, I think, as plentiful as I would have liked. Um, and I think that's probably something that made me enjoy my law firm experience less because I didn't really feel like the people who... I was working with at the top were were representative of me or really just like focused on making sure that diversity was you know was sort of something that the law firm thought of as important um and i think that like because i didn't work with many other latinos at my previous positions I was super excited to learn about LEAD, the LEAD ERG here, um, because it was really, I think it's really been like an opportunity for me to meet other Latinos in the organization who, you know, we have, like, we have completely different jobs. Like, I don't, like, I don't day to day, like, I don't work with anybody else in lead but at the same time like 
there's this sort of like understanding and connection that we're all members of the 49ers organization and we all have this background that like we can embrace together which i feel like has made things more fun and i've made some great friends through lead which has been amazing um but day to day like the legal team i like i just want to applaud hannah and jihad because they have done a great job at making the team super diverse and like very like we're all so different um not just like you know diversity wise but like we are completely different people but we all get along so well and it i think that that's just like it's like an ideal team for me because everyone's really bringing their own perspective and you know individual thoughts that even like someone else can bring something that I I wouldn't even have thought of just because you know what their background is um and I think that having a lot of diversity like not just in the legal team but also in the organization has really made me feel like I'm part of this organization that I really you know I I like I like football I love the team but I also really like the people um, so representation is just like something I really value and I'm really happy that the 49ers do a great job at it. Yeah, Patty did. And I don't even remember what the question was. Patty was a spotlight on like the NFL's channels. What did they ask you? It was such a good question. Oh, it was, how do you see women advancing in the NFL in the next five years? Hmm. So I am, I like, I'm hoping that it will be a significant advancement. I think that, you know, the league is already doing a really great job just from all the league attorneys that I have met. A lot of them are women and a lot of them are taking on really significant roles, at least, you know, from a legal perspective. Um, And having, having Hannah as, the chief legal and administrative officer here, I think is a huge step forward. Um, she's just like, I, I love her. She's just like constantly championing women and like very open and, you know, just like accepting of understanding like what people have as an issue and recognizing if there are any changes that need to be made or like, what are people unhappy with, like from a diversity perspective? And I think being able to like open that conversation and making sure that whatever, you know, qualms employees are having are being at least understood at the very least, even though something can't be done immediately has been really great. Um, And I mean, Hannah is a great role model and I'm hoping that, you know, in the next five years, there's a lot of other Hannahs in the league. And I I don't know, I think we're, you know, making, we've, we've been, we've made really great progress and we're definitely moving towards, you know, something that's just amazing. And I think where the team and the league stands now is great, but obviously, you know, things can always get better. Yeah. Uh, Well, final question. It's my favorite question. Every job posting has 
and other duties as a signed bullet point at the bottom. Have you done anything with the 49ers that maybe wasn't included in the job posting or job description or you just didn't expect to do while you've been here? So hmm, I'm so I'm the youngest on the legal team. And that means for, but <laughs> not to like age anyone, like no one's like old. Like I wouldn't say anyone's <laughs> old, but from time to time I feel like I'm like I like being the like annoying little sister and I'm like sending people TikToks and because like everyone on the legal team is like ew like nobody uses TikTok and I'm like no it's so much fun like every day I'm like trying to convince everyone that TikTok is so fun and I'm like no you just have to like wait until the algorithm like understands you because once it understands you like it will give you like the funniest content, but no one believes me. Um, so I like send people TikToks. And then the other day, um, my Be Real notification went off. I don't know if you guys know what Be Real is. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so it went off and I was like, you guys, Be Real just went off. So I had to explain to everyone what Be Real was. Um, and I feel like it's just like, fun for me to like use sort of like you know what's relevant or new or like what movies are trending and pop culture to like just tell everyone about about it um so I feel like it's like a little annoying but like I feel like it people appreciate it because it helps like with bonding or like helps bring the team together when I just like tell them about like a TikTok I watched last night or something I want to ask you something because that just reminded me of there's this girl on TikTok and I personally I'm team reels even though I'm in social I should be embracing all of it I think <laughs> it's pretty obvious I'm like team reels over TikTok there's this girl I'm sure you've seen her Erica who is a lawyer that reads the fine print so you don't have to do you know who I'm talking about no, I've never seen no, her. Oh my gosh. Okay. So she literally. Patty will be sending you many things. I will send you her reels because she's a lawyer. Like her whole shtick is like how to get, you know, money from an airline if they lose your bag or if you're delayed or, you know, just like reading the legal fine print for like common people like myself who will never read the fine print. Um, I have to send it to you because I want to get your take on it um, just as like, you know, from one lawyer to another um, who's, <laughs> who enjoys TikToks. Like yeah. the whole platform is just like helping people kind of find loopholes in um, fine print, you know, contracts so that people can, you know, regular people can kind of take advantage of, uh, you know, some of the things that they have to offer that they wouldn't have otherwise known. It's funny because I know like a couple of people from law school that have really embraced TikTok as a platform for like their law or something. And they're like pretty successful. I feel like people love just like quick, you know, quick like one minute law bits on TikTok. That's um, actually funny because the reason I downloaded TikTok to begin with was when I started this job to make sure that our marketing team was being compliant with our TikTok rules. So <laughs> from there, I just like went off and now I'm obsessed with TikTok. So no, that was a rough start <laughs> for probably both of us. Yeah. 
got off to a rocky start. Awesome. Well, Gracia, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and speaking with us. I feel like I learned a lot, not just about you, but about like law, um, TikTok, TikTok like tick, law, TikTok, um, all the above. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. It was a lot of fun talking to you too.